podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome everybody uh, to another one of our Premier League reviews. We're going to talk West of England Premier League today and joining me is Rob Maggs, our Director of Cricket from Bath Cricket Club. How are you doing, Rob? Very well, thank you, Ian. And once again, we have our stats man, uh, everything to do with Premier League around the country. Hugh, how are you doing, Hugh? Not too bad. Good to see you again, sir. So let, let's have a quick look at the West of England Premier League where we're talking to the, the title winners here, Bath Cricket Club won. Got a bit down to the wire with Potter and CC. We'll have a look at that later on. Um, down the bottom, Chippenham and Taunton Dean, they'd sort of got left behind a little bit and uh, been been relegated from the Prem. But let's just get back to that top of the league. It really did go down to that last two or three games, didn't it, Rob? Yeah, it did. Um, it was a very strange um, sort of season that it came down to the last game, really. If you look at the stats, I think Potter and lost five games and we lost two, so... Mm-hmm. The points, the point system definitely, uh, well, it didn't work in our favour. We have an interesting one in our league where you get a point if you can get an umpire to help with the the situation, I guess, of league umpiring at the moment. So Potter um, managed to get that in, in fair play to them. They got a volunteer that was willing to do that every week. So okay. probably gained an 18-point cushion on us before we started the league which is probably a couple of good wins to catch up so it's in the premier league they do that yeah it is it's i think it's it's our league it's well it's in all leagues actually and it's it's a concept that was taken i believe from the oxfordshire league maybe and i think it's to to try and get more umpires really to be available for Saturday league cricket and I think the the scheme well if you look at the whole league stats that probably 18 out of 70 clubs only managed to to get an umpire to to, to do it looking at the league table Potter benefited with 13 points yeah Froster they yeah. benefited with 16 points and Chippenham actually benefited with 14 points but didn't stop them getting relegated no. um but interestingly apart from those three clubs not one of the benefited from those points, so it's, it's quite no. interesting. Quite an interesting one to say the least. Yeah, I think I think they're they're trying to get trying to get more. I guess former ex players, players yeah. who don't play to to take up umpiring, and I and I believe that no, it's something that that needs looking at pretty seriously because probably if we were to be sat here in ten years' time, seeing what the state of the game is, then how many actual umpires. Mm-hmm. stroke volunteers will be left in the game and I think we made a, a conscious effort as a league to change the payment system to try and make it more yes. appealing for someone to give up 10 11 12 hours of their yeah. their, their weekend <clears throat> whereas in the past they would they would get 35 pounds to do that I said the day of that is is probably long gone in the fact that you'll get someone who plays for a club from first team all the way down to fourth and then may score may umpire may mm-hmm. Maybe a club secretary. I think. I think cricket needs to look at new ways of of trying to get umpires into the game. Most definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. What? What? Just out of interest, what's an umpire paid in the West of England now? Then I, I believe. I think the top. The top league are paid seventy five pounds a game, right. um, which again is a is quite a good incentive. I I personally probably I believe it should be more. I I, I think if we're we're looking to people to have a career in umpiring yeah. that. 
that they should be rewarded if they're doing mm-hmm. level cricket. And, and I believe that people who play Premier League cricket want the best umpires. And, and I think as clubs and as well as leagues and administration, that the umpires need more support. Yeah. Um, and, right. and definitely, and definitely more backing in, in trying to help them progress in, and actually make it worth them doing on a Saturday. Just, just for reference, just for reference. I mean, my young lad plays football as well as cricket. We're paying thirty quid for a young lad to ref a one-hour youth football match. Yeah, I did that exactly yesterday for my boys under nines game. A young lad who was who was thirteen, he got thirty-six pounds for for fifty minutes. And, wow. and Fair play to him. I thought he did a great job and he's he's getting on the stepping stone of a ladder of, of officiating and yeah. So it should be rewarded, I believe, and, and that's how we're going to improve that situation. But I don't believe that by paying £35 or £50 for someone to give up 12 hours of, of a Saturday, because you've got to be there an hour and a half before a Premier yeah. League game. Yeah. And then, so it's it's usually probably 11 o'clock and, and you leave at 8 o'clock. Most mm-hmm. umpires got an hour travel time as well, especially Premier League ones. Because and, and so, they're all over the place. Yeah, it's got to be, it's got to be a worthwhile, it's a, it's a profession, so I think yeah. should be rewarded. Let's get back to that Premier League that you won then, Rob. Within the, the Premier League itself, was there any clubs caused a surprise to you? You, know, you guys obviously were expected to be at the top and near the very top. Anyway, anyone caused a bit of a surprise? No, I think I think it's a really competitive league. And I, mm-hmm. I think on the day, anyone can beat anyone. Okay. I think the the format of, of the league, 50 over straight win-lose and still using... Red ball in playing in white is in um, fusing people to still play, and I think yeah, on the day there's I don't think there's ever an easy game in mm-hmm. in the Weppel Premier. I think everyone's got match winners, and and you always get pushed pretty hard. Everyone's got someone who can blow away a top order or take a game away with you with the bat. So yeah, yeah it's a really exciting league in in played hard. Yeah, I think it's it's a good competitive league to be involved in. Well, it's a nice league for us to talk about, Hugh, because it's actually got the same point system, give or take, as our own league, hasn't it? (laughs) We're win-lose, and we talk about these leagues week in, week out, Rob, and they're just so different all over the place. So it's good to talk on a level that we uh, we get straight away. (laughs) Let's talk about those guys who make that difference, Hugh, the batters. Who are the top batters in the West of England Premier League? Yeah, we've got Brad. Brad Porteous at Bath. So, Brad's your overseas. That that's correct. Yeah, he's had he's had two phenomenal years. Um, Yeah, and again, we picked him up by chance. His his mum and dad are on ancestral visas and actually lived the next village on from Bath, (laughs) and just came down one day and said, "Oh, my boy has walked around. Would love to, would love to come and join in." Did you stick him in the fourth team net? Start with <laughs> it was actually uh, it was the year of the the COVID COVID season that like, I first came across him. We were he was playing for his uh, team that are in the division below Kingsham, and he just came, he managed to get over for the the summer. I think he arrived just before COVID and ended up playing half the season right. at Kingsham. And in the game he played again, we didn't actually see him see him bat. We had just seen him bowl, and I thought, yeah, that's that's good enough for us that's what we're looking for and we're very yeah. fortunate in that we can ask for a, a better professional yeah uh, he gets stuck in with training he's around the club he's a modern pro he trains every day he, nice 
he's in the gym he'll do anything for anyone you know in part of our our furniture really and uh yeah we're very lucky to have him we've been we've been blessed with some good pros in the last few years and yeah. the fact that before him we had greg hay a new zealander yeah very couldn't speak highly enough of brad in hopefully yeah. he goes on to make the next step he's just been playing a little bit more regularly for the dolphins yeah i saw that yeah and so hopefully he'll get that next step that his effort and commitment deserves well he's he's six hundred nine. 99 runs at 58 in the league yeah. um, and 14 wickets to go with that. Um, second, Jack Scrivens as well, also Bath, 689 runs at 49. Yeah. Uh, Ollie Meadows, Bedminster, 591s at 42, third, and James Regan, Taunton. St Andrews, 575 at 44. Fifth, uh, Charlie Charland at Bridgewater, 569 yeah. runs at 37. So the two Bath lads top um, by fair margin in terms of averages and over 100 runs clear of everyone else. I think Jack had a real good breakthrough year in the fact that he decided he'd go over to um, Australia for the winter and he, he uh, wintered it in Adelaide with Northern District and actually played a, a winter of first grade cricket. And, wow. and he came back pretty much not a different player, but a more confident player. Mm-hmm. And he turned that confidence into obviously getting the opportunity to open up week in, week out. And yeah, yeah he took it with both hands. And yeah, he played some unbelievable knocks. He got, uh, he got, uh, like I think a 32 ball, or 36 ball hundred in our T20 competition. And he was really good. But again, he's someone who's came up from our youth section all the way up through. And um, fantastic. So yeah, he's, uh, his opportunity went really well this year. I think what yeah. I found interesting looking at the stats in the Premier League there is that, that not just Bradley and, uh, Jack at the top you've got Jason Marshall down in seventh place three out of the top ten batters in the league from your place Rob and yeah. only one from Potterne now that's got to make a big difference, hasn't it, when it comes to where you're going to score those runs, where you get the wins? Yeah, massively. I think I think the season before Potter and had three or four guys that were really in the runs, and I think if you look at if you look at they did struggle with the bat. They were awesome with the ball, yeah. a real awesome bowling lineup. But if you look at consistency with their batting lineup, it, it changed most weeks. Mm-hmm. No one had a, no one really had a. I think it was a Jake Goodwin had a phenomenal year the year before, and but he struggled a little. bit bit with the bat mm-hmm. and I think if you look most weeks they had a different different positions and they struggled to get any rhythm with our batting but they were still like a real tough tough unit to to be really enjoy playing they the lads really enjoy playing them they play hard cricket good bunch of guys off the field but they play hard on the field and, and they push us hard but yeah they've got a special bowling lineup in if they uh if their bat clicks next year and yeah they'll be up there again challenging for sure Definitely. Let's talk about that bolt, those bowlers, Hugh. Yeah, there's some good numbers there. Yeah, Tahir Afridi, a fairly familiar name. Um, 45 wickets at 12, yeah. Chris Aubrey, 40 wickets at 14. And then James Arney is um, nine wickets back, 31 mm. wickets for Bath at 22. So, you know, those top two Potton really showing a long way clear of uh, everybody else. When you've got the top two, when you've got the top two bowlers in the league taking 85 wickets at an average yeah. of around about 13 and a half. Yeah, absolutely, and and they they don't just come hard at you with seam. They they've got some really talented spinners as well. Yeah. So yeah, I think mm-hmm. I think on on paper, yeah, I think they they were a little bit unlucky. One of their main players, um, Basil Akram, genuine top top all rounder. He um he struggled. I think he had a back issue and and wasn't able to bowl as much. Yeah, if they had him firing as well, like all season, yeah, they would have definitely push. Well, they did push as hard. To be fair, it, like. It came down to the last game, and yeah. you know, it was probably because of their bowling that, that they did that. You got a famous name there in Jake Lintot. Um, yeah, yeah. 
and not not sneaking too many games in. That's something they need to get a few more games out of him next year. Nine performances where he bowled. That's the challenge for a lot of clubs. What what do you do with professional players? Like I I find it quite bizarre mm. in in professional sport. You can have and we have one who's been at our club since he was ten. Now Ben Wells, who's he doesn't get picked for his his side Gloucestershire, but then he's allowed to go and play club cricket on a Saturday and I think the same for any pro it's like I struggle to work out if if we're just saying like Wayne Rooney if he was injured if he wasn't playing for Man United he wouldn't be allowed to go and play cricket uh, football for uh, like a non-league football <laughs> it's my it's my it's my favorite yeah. story isn't it Hugh well, you know, yeah. I, I go on about it that you have a, a professional player in cricket who could play yeah, T20 yeah. on a Friday night and then they don't think uh, twice about it's, it's out very the, the next day yeah I don't think it does does it I think it I think it's unbelievable that a county especially with bowlers lay bowlers to do exactly that and you know, play on a Friday night and then they'll travel 50 60 miles for a for a club game for X amount of, of money. Well, p- particularly with the guidance around young players where they won't let a young player bowl more yeah. than, was it, five overs and or seven overs in total and all this kind of stuff. And then, you know, but they'll flog a 18-year-old pro into the ground. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and then they moan that their their staff are injured in, in the standard of second team cricket goes downhill. Well, it's going to go downhill, isn't it? If you've got a guy who's played all week, whether it's first or second team cricket, then you're asking him to play Saturday and Sunday club cricket and then turn up again on a Monday and do exactly the same. It's quite a strange one though, isn't it, in cricket, where we talk to other people about the scheduling of the professional yeah, yeah. game is just so random these days. The fact that there's so little Saturday cricket in the professional game that it gives the, the counties the opportunity to yeah. say, go on, lads, go and have a game elsewhere. And it, it just doesn't feel right for some reason. No, I think it may devalue the the county game in the fact that maybe the funding's not there to for the second eleven competition to be dominant or as good as it was maybe thirty years ago. I think I think you look back thirty years ago or twenty five years ago and it was a proper like you get proper professionals yeah. playing second team cricket. Now you've just got academy lads, school boys in in some instances just like get someone to turn up for a game because they haven't got the staff but then but then on the flip side that counties are like we say happy happy enough to ship those out to play club cricket it's I don't understand that anyone paying anyone's wages are then happy for them to go and play elsewhere with the risk of injury and then you're not seeing them the rest of the summer because oh they broke a finger or tore a hamstring playing club cricket on a Saturday when oh you should be in the midst of playing a T20 competition and to use Rob's example Wayne Rooney's not quite right to play for whoever it was back in the day whether it was Everton or Man United tell you what go play for the Lobster the next day in the Liverpool Sunday League but you're going to be in goal <laughs> it's it's literally exactly the same as doing that isn't yeah, it yeah it's, it's it, quite handy in goal and also I, I think I think with pros it just upsets the whole the ethos of your club cricket what what it's about because you don't usually know until late on a Friday night if that professional's even allowed to play like a few years ago I had three both George Hankins his brother Harry and Tim Rice all all boys that played club cricket at Bath since they were 10 uh, at times we didn't know until a Friday night whether a they were allowed to play b if they wanted mm. to play I didn't ever put them under pressure to play 
But then it, you've got to be manoeuvring three players in, in four sides to accommodate them. It has a knock-on effect, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah. To play. And then you've got some guys in the lower tiers. Oh, sorry, we don't need you to play now. Well, I've just given up my Saturday to say I can't yeah. play. And now you're telling me you don't want me to play. So I think it's a little bit of that as well. And so we've only got one pro now. And again, he's a guy who's been with us since... He, he was 10 and it's much easier to accommodate those when everyone knows mm. they've grown up playing club cricket but yeah. for those who who come into a club from a pro club just to to get get cash i'm not i'm not sure if that's exactly. or not It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And let's get back to the stats in the uh, the Premier League, Hugh. And let's have a look at the all-rounders. Who are the, who are the guys who made the biggest impact in the West of England? Tahir Afridi, 199 runs at 18, but it's obviously the wickets dominating their 45 wickets. Uh, Chris Aubrey, similar, 192 runs, you know, so chipping in with the runs and 40 wickets. And then Brad Porteous as well, runs and wickets, 699 runs as we said, yeah. but also 14 wickets at 26. So, you know, still an exceptional all-round performance from him. Louis Shaw at Bristol, 15 mm. matches, um, 317 runs at uh, 35 and 28 wickets at 15. That's that's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, he's a very, he's a very talented boy, Louis Shaw. Yeah, very, very talented. Probably unlucky, unlucky in the fact that not to, to go on to play higher cricket really a good really good spin bowler and mm-hmm. excellent fielder as well in in Bristol have, Bristol have come up uh, from last year and they they competed really hot well if you look at the the number of games they lost they yeah. lost just a similar amount to us if not one more in uh yeah were, that's right they were pushing they were pushing well throughout the whole of, of the season but yeah they've yeah. got very talented boys as well and Louis being one of them yeah, they've done well jumping up, haven't they, Bristol? They won the West of England Prem to Bristol Somerset division last year yeah. by a very, very long way. Um, yeah. <laughs> and then jumped straight into third this year, which is, you know, is a terrific achievement. Uh, just yeah. just on the two leagues feeding into one, so you've got the West of England Prem, Bristol Somerset, and then the Gloucestershire, Wiltshire yeah. side. What happens if, if uh, two from the same region are in the relegation places? Oh yeah, so unfortunately, you know, you get to know halfway what it's looking like, and you get informed by the league. And then four, three or four games to go, this is the scenario which you could end up with three teams actually going down from one side of the league if you get you exactly okay situation. Right. So, so sometimes it's three teams and not two. Yeah, games it could. It, it depends on like you say if it's two from the same area. So if it's two like Somerset clubs or two will yeah. yeah then that has a knock-on effect down. Okay. It's league. complicated, isn't it? <laughs> it, is, it is. very. Yeah. So whilst they've got a nice, simple win-lose, dead simple point system, they haven't got it quite as easy when it comes down to that bottom. Uh, no, not if not if you have the exact scenario you said, but yeah. <laughs> I think yeah. we all hope that that doesn't happen too often. It's, it's something that fascinates you and I week in, week out, Rob, um, in terms of points and the way leagues are run around the country. You've been around Bath Cricket Club for a while now and obviously around the West of England area in terms of cricket. Do, do you find that it's almost sort of 
that it's so different to the West of England to Essex to the Liverpool. Yeah, 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 I think I think if you look at the West of England, I think we're probably the only ECB Premier League that continues with the red ball throughout the whole season. I, Derbyshire as well. Is it? Uh, okay. Yeah. And and do they do they do the Derbyshire League do they play any draw cricket or just is it? Win lose on okay, a Sunday. so it's the same as us. So, yeah, because I know like the the Welsh league, they may use an orange ball at times, um, and I'm not I'm not sure. I don't think I've ever seen an orange. Uh, ball. I think they play. They I've play, got two in my bag. Yeah, <laughs> I think they play some red ball, like win lose draw, and then they play some limited overs in colour clothings. But I think it's an. I don't know if it's still. Don't quote me that it's still an orange mm-hmm. ball. But yeah, lots of lo- lots of different formats from each league and i think i think what would help from the ecb is some some guidance what do they want top level cricket to look like club cricket like formalize it over uh over the whole whole of england and then you get some continuity and some actually league cricket probably means something to yeah or aspiring to be professionals i think i think the most like with league cricket you know what it's like end up playing the same teams year in year out and i think the excitement for the for the lads at Bath Cricket Club is is the national competitions we enter as well. Um, yeah, you did all right in the, then this year. Uh, we got to the regional final stage, which was okay. I think I think the challenge the year before we were fortunate enough to win the forty over competition. Yeah, um, and a great experience. You you you're travelling the country to uh, of a Premier League opposition. You don't play in the buzz of a cup game on a Sunday. Yeah. Uh, 40 overs is is a real highlight for us and obviously the T20 national competition is also a, a highlight for a, obviously Hornchurch won it last year with George and yeah. big point of uh, oh that's a competition you need to win you can have a, a, a nice week in the manga and stuff so I think it's I think it's just but it's hard to to continue playing Saturday Sunday and and again a lot of games yeah, isn't it? time and you've got to have a lot of luck to do well in those national competitions i think you've got to have people fit at the right times and, and everything else but but they're proper good competitions definitely i think this year wimbledon won it and i think when uh they won the win they won the t20 just down the road from me at derby yeah and uh, yeah, when you talk to the lads there the amount of games i think they won 15 games or you know to get to that point or played 15 games yeah, yeah. Because you've got your local group stages, which then becomes the regional. Yeah, and it, it's it's a real test to to get through them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, we we actually went out on a bowl out on a hockey astro in the regional final of our the national T Twenty. We got to finals day and it got rained off twice. And the third time it was it was us Froster in Bristol, and it was yeah. raining so hard that we we had no choice but to. Yeah, just people just bowling on a hockey astro, <laughs> and, and and that and that's the disappointing thing because you give up so many su- Sundays in, in in those competitions, and to go out that way when you've given up so much time is is a bit frustrating. No, I, I'm I'm going to get on my high horse here and put a message out of front. on the back of what you just said. It just shows again how different things can be. Milford Hall who won the National Village Cup, yeah, yeah. their semi-final got rained off. And they they played, I don't know, 10, 12 overs, got rained off. They then had to replay it the following week as an away game. But at least they were allowed to yeah, replay yeah. it. It wasn't one date and that's it. So it's, again, 
it's it's not level playing field. No, it? no, it's it's uh, it's a frustration for all teams that that those competitions. I think, like you were saying, um, that the teams have to play X amount of games. I think they they need to have a look at how those competitions are run as well. I think I think if you enter a national ECB competition, it should be just a Premier League competition, not so we have it in the West of England where any team from any tier of the Weppel can enter it. Right. But so the first few rounds are, so we got drawn against Potter in the first round. So probably the two top teams in Weppel get drawn each other in the first round. And I, I just think that it could be A, it could be seeded or it could be a Premier League competition. And then teams who want a, a local T20 cup, could, like from the divisions below, they could have like a league cup. But I think if you're entering a Premier League competition, A, you want your league to hopefully get a good representation from a Premier League exactly. side, but it just gives you a Premier League club a bit more of a chance and you're not playing every Sunday and then, and that's, and that's how you get injured in, and we find it we've got the national semi-finals a few times in the 40 over competition and just ran out of steam because we're in- yeah. injured in just battered bodies and in the season we did win it we hit the we hit the curve right at the top and all our bowlers on fire and in fit and it just makes such a difference it does and I think we saw that when San Diego played Wimbledon in the final of Derby Wimbledon had a couple of weeks off because their season had ended the 2nd of September mm-hmm. San Diego had, had to go all the way through and again it just makes that little bit of a difference because yeah. it's not equitable around yeah, the country, massively massively in in yeah, and it's exactly. yeah, it is interesting. We came up against Brentwood in the semi final when we won the national, yeah. and and I think their overseas went home the day before Chris Green. You obviously makes a massive difference to them. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's yeah. the luck. I think the luck you need a little bit. Yeah. Hey, listen, we, let's talk just before we bring it to a close. Let's talk about the emerging talents in your league and your club. You, you know, you you've got a good view around what's going on in the, the West of England Premier League there, Rob. Who stood out for you as a key player, the youngsters in particular, who keep an eye out? Um, there's one lad at Bath, Joe Hayward, who's took some opportunity in our first team this year. He he did really well with the ball. There's um, a young lad, I think it's oh, from Potter and a Butter, Josh Kelly, I think his name is. Yep. He looked as though he could be a real decent up and coming, up and coming batter. 400 runs at 31. Yeah, yeah. yeah, very good. Yeah, yeah. He looks, he looks as though he he gets he gets an opportunity and 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 does well and and I think, but like real young talent, I don't, I'm not not sure that there was anyone. Obviously, Taunton St Andrews have got the Thomas boys. So if if you say one to really look out for would be um well George Thomas has just got a full time contract with Somerset but his brother Josh Thomas he's a very talented player so I would think about wherever he plays his club cricket he'll be the one to watch. Josh Thomas is just coming on the scene there's ninety six runs at sixteen in the league. George Thomas three hundred and eight runs at thirty. I think George like in particular I don't think he his stats would necessarily say he's one to watch but Believe me, he's a real talented player, and he'll be one to watch for in the future. He'd definitely be one like that. He may bypass league cricket altogether. And again, by having them so young joining the, the staff at somewhere like Somerset, they're not going to get games week in week no. out, so they are going to get thrown back into the yeah, panel. exactly. And and again, that's the that's the challenge then for for those guys who are them. They're trying to become professional cricketers. So they're trying all week, or they've just got their first contract. They play all week for the twos. Do do they or yeah. should they be playing club cricket? That's a, a million dollar question. And you go and play on a 
a club wicket that's not as good as a first class wicket and so you're struggling a bit finding your rhythm yeah. and stuff so I'm not devaluing the club game by any means but I think for professionals it's just a different it's a different game altogether literally is it? I always use the analogy of what I saw Hornchurch went over to play T10 cricket at Cartama. Yeah, they went over there as national champions and came back, did well by coming runners up, but came back going, oh my word, that is a different game altogether. Yeah. And it's the same with professional cricket to club yeah. cricket. You can't, you can't compare. No, no, can you? No. Well, it's it's uh, uh, Scott Oliver's Sticky Dogs and Stardust book, which I thoroughly enjoyed. Don't know if you've seen that about when the legends played in the leagues. I think one of the ones that jumps out at me was when Steve Waugh played. I think he was in the Lancashire League and he was averaging forty in the Lancashire League, and he went down to it might have been Glamorgan played a second team game against the West Indies and and hit you know two day game or three day game or something and hit two hundred and fifty runs against the West Indies. You know, <laughs> dealing with different wickets. Yeah, it's certainly, a, it's certainly a challenge. Be great chatting, Rob, and getting to know a bit more about the West of England Premier League. It's not a league that me and Hugh know that well, apart from we see the stats week in, week yeah. out. Uh, but it'd be great to keep in touch with you and the boys down at Bath. Yeah, lovely. Lo- love to talk to you. All the best, Rob. Thanks for your time, mate. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Premier League Cricket Show. If you haven't already, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on future episodes and stay updated on all the latest news, views and discussions from around the Cricket Premier Leagues. And be sure to follow us on X, formerly known as Twitter, and Instagram, at TPL Cricket Show, on both. Join the conversation, share your thoughts and connect with us and your fellow Premier League cricket fans. And hey, if you enjoyed the show, why not show us some love? Leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast platform as it helps other potential listeners to find us when they're searching for cricketing podcasts. Thanks again for being part of the Premier League Cricket Show family and until next time, have a good one. Sports Social Podcast Network.